The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this, uh, this hour is Bonnie Yam. Uh, she is the president of Pension Maxima Investment Advisory Services. Welcome to the show, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Let's just start with your background a little bit in the financial world and, and why you formed uh, Pension Maxima. Oh, okay. I mean, um, I always believe in saving, saving for retirement, because I think it's like very, very important, and people just don't realize how quickly time flies by. And before you realize it, you hit that critical moment and say, oh, my God, I'm running out of time. So the sooner that you start, the better it is. And it goes way back to, I, I like to give credit to my, my daddy, my father. Um, uh, I'm originally from Hong Kong, so the, the currency unit is a bit different, but the concept is the same. He said, Bonnie, you know, your first million dollars is going to be the hardest. And if you translate it to American dollars, it's about 150, maybe $120,000. And after that, it's going to get easier and easier. The, the reason is that it's a compounding effect, and then you have the money to make you earn you additional money. You don't want to have to work for every single penny. It's a very hard way to uh, make a living and make save money. So, so that's what he said. And then it just kind of rattled true. And what I did is that through my whole career, I always try to put in the maximum amount in my 401k, uh, whatever possible, I would try to stuff it in my retirement account. And um, I mean, it's, I, I don't want to brag about it, but you know, 10, 15 years, it, it's, a, it's a very nice sum of money. And I can't tell you how fast after the first five, 10 years, the money start growing. It's really the first if you can get through the first five years, I mean, make that, I mean, forget about what my dad says, like first million. Like, you know, if you can just like save, be dedicated, save that $50,000, ten to $15,000, and then you get 10% return, $5,000. Isn't that great? It's so hard for us to save that $5,000. Yes. And if we just like made that $50,000 as soon as possible, everything would so- be so much easier. So that's the idea of your firm, is to help people maximize their pension benefits. That's, so tell us a little bit about what your firm does at Pension Maxima. Okay, we um, help people uh, structure 401k, retirement plan, and small business owners with the tax deferral planning. And I uh, also work with uh, tax attorneys um, in structuring uh, more innovative tax strategies. And, uh, and also do uh, business evaluations. And uh, that helped me understand the economic side of a lot of different businesses and how it propels to profitability and what it needs to do to actually be even more profitable and also see like different ways that they can maximize their tax savings. Just give me an overall view of the kind of retirement savings system in America now. Are a lot of people saving enough and they're going to have decent retirements or a lot of people not saving enough and need a lot of help? I think a lot of people need a lot of help. I would say most people are behind and they have no idea what's going to hit them um, because they're not quite at retirement yet. And, uh, and unfortunately, you know, we're living in a pretty materialistic world and uh, we get lured to buy all these like fancy gadgets, like a nice TV, I mean, a new computer, iPhones and all that stuff. It's very hard to save. And then there's are these social obligations when you attend a birthday party, dinner party. I mean, you have to go to some places, some type of places. So it's very hard for people to save. And, um, and then unfortunately, you know, in school, we covered a lot of math, history, different type of topics, but I don't think there's a personal finance topic to teach you how to save. On the other hand, like before you even graduate, you get bombarded by these credit card offers. Oh, get your first credit card. You know, you can like, we give you a great credit, um, uh, advance $5,000 here and there. And if you can't pay, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, transfer to another credit card and keep deferring payment, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, we know about how to build up debt very well, but I don't think we know how to save very well. 
So you said people don't know what's about to hit them. What is about to hit them? That, number one, Social Security is not 100% reliable. And then uh, we're living a lot longer than what we think. And I'm talking to uh, uh, investment companies, and um, they're talking about biotechnology. Really interesting. Like uh, how we can extend life. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can extend life and even quality of life. But what about earnings? Like if you... If you retired at 62, when I mean, that was the retirement age of most, uh, most uh, male, and, uh, and you're going to live to 87 or 80, whatever. Like, how, how are you going to cover that 20 years if you don't have sufficient retirement income? Um, and, uh, of course, like, people said that maybe I can depend on your kids, but I think the young people had just enough, like a hard enough time to, to scrape by. Um, they have student debt, they have lots of loans, and they buy the first house, and they want to live well too. So there, there are a lot of conflicts. And I think like, it's very important that, that you not depend on anybody, have the savings, have the money there, and um, be able to control your own destiny. So you think people are being unrealistic in the amount that they're saving and how much it's going to last at the rates of return. And today, particularly, when you have very low interest rates, pretty much zero for CDs and money funds and savings, exactly. your money really isn't growing if you're keeping it uh, very safe. So how is this going to manifest itself when these, I mean, baby boomers are now retiring, something like 10000 a day. Are you already starting to see this, where people are hitting I this know. wall? I know. Unfortunately, the first thing they do is say, let's travel. <laughs> you know, <laughs> once they get hit with all that money, I mean, they thought, they thought like $100,000 is a lot of money, and they, they deserve to do something with it. And, and, and the first two or three years, they had no idea um, what are the consequences? They haven't really been given so much money from from their retirement account, whatever, and then, and they just go on a shopping spree, um, and that's really kind of sad. I mean, like we have to manage our future a little bit better. It's not like we we need to. We definitely need to. Um, I just don't think I don't believe in like depending on the government, depending on your kids. Uh, why can't you just manage a bit better for yourself by having some planning done properly? So, what role should companies be playing? in helping their employees learn about this better so that they, uh, when people retire, they uh, haven't saved enough and they don't have the discipline. I, to I, I, sh- I, should, I think um, in America, America in general, I think it's a little bit very liberal. I mean, I, they're good and bad things about it. But, uh, I mean, sometimes I think, like, see people, like, putting away just 5% or 2% or sometimes even 1% and say, what the, you know, what for? I mean, really, you need basically 10%. And then, then you, the company match kicks in and all that. Then, then you can like see a decent sum. I saw a study recently, like if you save 10%, the uh, retirement success is close to 100%. So, I mean, of course, it, you, there are a lot of um, uh, assumptions uh, like market return and all that and what age you start and all that. But realistically, we should save more. And if the company's role is like, you know, provide the education, provide the support, give them some match, and, um, and then have the culture of like, you know, but saving instead of like, okay, let's push it back. It's like not worry about it. Uh, and then the other thing is like, I think like company kind of given up on certain like type of uh, employees. They think they'll never be able to save. So just to kind of like leave them out. Forget it. They they don't, they they living um, paycheck to paycheck. So why bother? I don't think they're going to participate in the four one k anyway. I think so, that's wrong. So, so what kind of things? And this is part of what you do. Can companies do to educate their employees better so that they're taking advantage of these opportunities? Yes, I think, I think, yeah, so what we do is we provide education, uh, we show them, we can do a gap analysis, which is, like, I think, very beneficial, it's like working backwards and show you if you have this sum of money, you know, how much money would you expect to get at retirement, and then, like, the gap would be, like, you, if you want to close the gap, you should be saving X percent, like, 10% or 12%, whatever, instead of, like, right now, your 5 to 7%. And I see that very helpful. I mean, like knowledge, I mean, I don't think there's any limit to knowledge. Like the more you, you get it, the more enthusiastic you become. And when you see your savings grow, you you even, you into it even more. So I, I think, you know, um, I, think, I think just like a good discipline and corporate culture, um, you know, encourage people to, to do additional learning and, and save for the retirement. It's the whole mentality of like this is a good thing for you um, not just to do a good job but be good to yourself too so that's saving more but then how about once they've got these options in many cases people are overwhelmed with too many options they give them 50 different choices people don't know I what know. to make of this so what, yeah. what, what kind of things do you do to help employees figure out how to allocate their money amongst all these many options 
Um, you know, um, target date is a, a good option, particularly people who really have no desire to learn and, and move money around. I mean, I know there are a lot of floors in target date, but still it's like a one-stop shop. You don't want to think, okay, so depending on when you retire, so X amount of money would be allocated to that risk group and, and then the risk will keep going down as you age. So that's a good way. Um, but for people who are more interested, then, you know, they should read up. Um, and the other thing is like getting more and more popular is like um, a premix portfolio. So the investment advisor can structure like three or four, maybe five different portfolios depending on your risk groups, and it's based upon the uh, uh, current uh, investment um, that we have on the on the platform. So so let's say you have twenty investment, oh, like maybe even fifty, whatever. But the investment advisor is not intimidated by the amount of investment. So come up with like a balance, uh, conservative. A moderate and aggressive, and then and then it will designate how much money should go into each fund. And all you have to do is just pick. Okay, um, I am uh, aggressive, so I belong to this. And, and that does it for you, is what you're saying? Yes. Yes, and then right. it will automatically realign every every year whenever the investment advisor uh, yes. readjusts the portfolio balance. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Bonnie Yam. She's the president at Pension Maxima Investment Advisory Services. And we'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. It's a sad fact that fraud is rampant in today's business environment. The headlines scream about once prestigious organizations falling victim to or crumbling due to the consequences of fraud. How do you keep fraud from affecting you and your business? Tune in to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Chris has over 30 years of fraud investigation experience, business intelligence, and is a renowned security consultant. Chris and his guests will inform you and help keep you from being the next statistic of fraud. Tune in Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Bonnie Yam. She's the president of Penton Maxima Investment Advisory. Welcome back to the show, Bonnie. Okay, thank you, Jordan. So we want to talk about some taxes as well. And there's a lot of people who don't really understand uh, the tax strategies that are available to them to save on taxes legitimately. So let's just kind of start off with what is the current situation? How high are top tax rates now? And how does that compare to the past? All right. So actually, our top tax rate or the marginal tax is like thirty nine point six percent, but that's only the federal side. And then you add in the FICA and Medicare twelve point four and two point nine, and then the Obama surcharge of point nine, um, and then you already got at uh, fifty five point eight. 
And if you're a salary person, it's a little bit less because the company pay for half the FICA Medicare, but that's still 48%. And a lot of people don't realize that rates are as high as they become, is what you're saying. No, yeah. I mean, and, and I haven't, I'm not even done, you know, Jordan. I haven't added in the state and the local and all that. If I add in that, that's like, you know, close to 70%. Wow. It's pretty astounding because, I mean, the highest rate for a state is 8.82 and the city is another 3.8. I mean, it's like, it, it just goes on and on. And, and, and it's pretty scary. You think you made a lot of money and after, after taxes, a lot of people say, Bonnie, I, I don't see the money. I don't know where the money is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this has gone up a lot uh, recently. You're saying we, we had historically lower rates, so they've gone up much higher than most people expected. Oh, I, I want to say that what I think is that although we think this is high, we haven't seen anything yet. If we look back to the history, uh, during the years of Eisenhower, we actually taxed at 91%. Wow. Yeah, Nixon used 70, and Reagan got it down to 50, and then Bush dropped it to 35 so before Obama, we were actually at historical low. So if you believe in reversion back to me, back to me and I think the tax rates are going to go way, way up. In order to pay for the deficit, you're saying? And the health care and the Social Security because we can't cut people out and we know that they're going to be living on the street if we don't support Social Security. So yeah. something is going to happen. Uh-huh. Okay, good. All right, so we have higher tax rates. So there's a lot of different things. So there are some specific things people can do with these very high tax rates. Um, one of them is called opportunity shifting and income shifting. Maybe explain how that works to people who can legitimately uh, lower their tax burden. Okay. Opportunity shifting is basically you're transferring something of value in the future. And like you have something like appreciating stock that's uh, going to be worth a lot of money in the future. But you want to get it off your state. So what you do is that you transfer today um, and get it off your state. So that's called opportunity shifting. Income shifting is basically you want to transfer the income to someone of a lower tax bracket, like your higher relative or your, your son, a college son, and pay him, let's say, $40,000. Um, and let's say you're subsidizing your relatives anyway, so might as well put them on the payroll, pay them, and get the tax deduction. So that's one way. But there are limits on how much you can give as far as gift tax without paying a big gift tax as far as that's right. shifting assets. Well, how, that's how do those rules work? Like the $14,000. So, okay, so now you can, can you can give for up to fourteen thousand dollars a year without yes. gift tax, but if you pay if you give over fourteen thousand, how does that work? Well, then you have to file a gift tax return and you have to consult the CPA. Now, by the way, when I said that you give forty thousand dollars, you you're hiring him. That's a that's that's a, that's wage. That's not gifting. They they supposed to conduct some service. I don't know whatever it is like mopping your floor, filing your papers, or mail your whatever. So, I mean, you're giving them a chore. You, you, they, they're doing some work for you. So, um, that's only income for them. And uh, you can, like, deduct it off your taxes. And that, that's not subject to uh, gift tax. Yes. Okay. All right. Another area. So, income opportunity shifting and income shifting are the, the two areas you're talking about there. Now, another one is in the entertainment uh, area uh, where you, there are entertainment expenses that people can uh, what are some of the entertainment expenses and how they're less deductible than they used to be in the past is that correct? Well I mean there are always things that you can do legitimately but I think that what it is is like a lot of people don't know how to do it um, so I'm going to go over a couple of things that you said really you know and then maybe you can try but the most important thing I think is like make sure you have good paperwork whatever you try to do have all the receipts all the documentation showing what you're doing so um uh, like, you know, one big thing is like, um, let's say you want to deduct theater tickets or sport tickets. Like, it's quite obvious that, uh, obvious that you can't be conducting business while watching a show. So, but the IRS rule says that if the entertainment precede or follow like a bona fide business discussion on the same day, then it can be deducted as an entertainment expense. So let's say you have like, uh, you're going to talk about business during dinner, but before that you have a show, you were going to watch a Broadway show or whatever, then you can also deduct that show too. Um, yeah. So, but you and have then, to really have, have careful documentation of these kind of things, right? Definitely, yes. You have to write out, like, you know, on the same day, uh, what did you do and what did you talk about, who you talked to, um, and then the invoice showing, like, um, I mean, because you have the time, the date, you know, that, that the, whatever the event is, like, following right before the business discussion, that, so, so you can legitimately discuss, uh, deduct that, that as well. So the business deduction, the discussion doesn't necessarily have to 
result in something. It doesn't have to result in a sale. No, no, no. You can talk about like um, some ideas, share some ideas, or maybe it's a referral or are you learning a new skill, whatever. I mean, so, so long as like business related, that's okay. Yeah. Now, there's something called the Sutter Rule, which people have to be careful about. What is the Sutter Rule and how does one avoid it? Well, basically, there's some people who think that they're way too smart. They're trying to deduct every single business expense, a meal expense. So they're not going to eat unless they're talking about business. That's kind of ridiculous. And CPA calls that the pig rule. And like, there's a doctor who actually tried to deduct $35,000 in meals a year, and he only eats for business reasons. So come on, right? So, um, so obviously, you've got to be careful uh, what you're trying to do and not overuse it. So that that was Doctor Sutter. Is that the, what it was called for? Yep, <laughs> right. You got so it. He, he ate and he, he talked business and all up a little bit too much. Yeah, so it, 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 yeah. it was uh, disallowed. Is that what happened? That's right. I mean, yeah. So it has to be legitimate. You're saying yes. Well, now, I, I'm saying that it has to within some realms of reason. You can't say that I only discuss business. I only eat and I discuss when I discuss business. I don't eat when I don't discuss business. That's ridiculous. <laughs> now, <laughs> That's what there is. There is a $25 ceiling on business gifts. Uh, how do you get around that, or how, how does that whole thing work? Right. You know, if you give it to a person, that's a limit of $25. But you can be very smart about it. Um, instead of giving it to a person, give it to a department or a company. Then you say, okay, I give a very nice floral arrangement to the marketing department, uh, Voice America business, then that's, that's legitimate. Then you can deduct 100%. And then what are some of the things you can do at home there are still legitimate deductions as far as entertaining. Well, I mean, when you do business, when you invite people over, you can deduct the whole meal, obviously. Um, but then if you, but you're supposed to talk to everybody. And then if you have more than one person or you have a group, and it's very hard to like go around the table and talk to everybody. So that's a little bit more suspicious and you want to, to deduct everything. So one good thing is like maybe have a presentation or if you're an artist or something, you put that decorative piece as a front piece and, and people see it. So, I mean, that's legitimate too. Does the uh, IRS actually audit these things? I mean, they're going to go yes. back and say, what yeah. was the business discussion about and so on? Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're not sure, the best thing is like, okay, don't try something funny and then just take 50% entertainment expenses and trying to deduct 100%. If you have it legitimately documented, then it's fine to take these things. Yes, yes, yes. And how about things like dues to business-specific organizations? Are those the Oh, that's definitely okay, yeah. I mean, you either go there to network, you're going there for marketing reasons. Yeah. Do you find a lot of people do this and don't document it and then lose in, in audits? I find a lot of people try not to, I mean, just like, it's, it's, it's a lot of work to put everything down. Um, and uh, hopefully you don't get audited. I mean, I don't see a lot of people getting audited because IRS is extremely shorthanded. But, I mean, if you get audited, you have to have all that ready. Yes. Uh, and then other kinds of things you can deduct are kind of fun and vacations. What are some things of legitimate deductions with things you'd normally think would, would be vacations and not particularly deductible? Well, I, I think like, you know, like taking a cruise ship, but then you have to combine learning. You have to be like doing business at least 50% of the time and get an office to sign up and it's got a U.S. cruise ship. It starts stop at the U.S. port, da, da, but it can be planned out. Or like, I mean, like it's very popular. You can have business meetings in an exotic place, um, like, I know a lot of companies who plan like trips to Hawaii or like on a ship or boat or whatever. And I mean, you're doing legitimate business, but you can deduct everything. So, you know, that's a nice treat. Um, and why not? And how about rental property? If you've got rental property, what kind of deductions can you legitimately get from that? Rental property, I mean, basically like depreciation and maintenance. Um, but what's more smart about it, I would say, Let's say you own a place and uh, um, all the mortgages, everything's been paid up and you have nothing more to deduct. So what um, a nice trick is to sell it off to your kids. And um, I mean, if the, the capital gains is less than $250,000, then you don't have to pay any, any income tax, right? And then on top of that, uh, you give it to the kids that say they don't have any, any money, so you finance it and, and uh, they have to... Uh, it's like a uh, you financing the the lease payment. No, you 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 sell it to them, and you finance the the sale. Okay, 
So they're going to pay some money back to you, maybe a 10-year term or whatever. And you are renting it back from, but then you're renting it back from um, your kids. So they're like two cash for one, you're renting. And so, and the other, they, they pay you money again. Um, and the, the kids take the rental property and they can start deducting because it's a real estate. They, um, they can deduct um, depreciation or whatever. And on top of that, if they come back and visit you, um, they can deduct that trip too because it's rightful, like maintaining, maintaining property. They have to visit the property and care, care, keep, um, take care of the property. So they can come back and visit you for free. So that's kind of nice too. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Bonnie Yam. She's the president at Pension Maxima Investment Advisory. And after the break, we're going to be, sp- uh, going to be joined by Jerry Novotny, who's a tax attorney as well. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Bonnie Yam. She's the president at Pension Maxima Investment Advisory Service. Welcome back to the show, Bonnie. Okay, thank you, Jordan. So let's go through the different qualified retirement plans uh, that are out there, uh, starting with the SEP, the Simplified Employee Pension Plan. Okay. Briefly describe what people can put and how much the maximum they can put in there. Okay, okay, great. Okay, um, for SEP, basically it's called Simplified Employee Plan. That's what it is. And you can contribute up to 25% of your compensation, and the maximum contribution is $52,000. And if you're 50 and above, you got another 6500 catch-up money that you can put in. Now, SEP is only good for, I would say, a sole proprietor. The reason is that the company, the business owner, puts in everything, contributes everything for everybody. And then whatever money that goes in is vested right away. So if you have an employee and you want to maximize, the owner wants to maximize their own portion, and let's say I need, I want to pay myself twenty percent of my salary. You end up have to, having to pay twenty percent for everybody, and that's quite a lot of money. So I would be careful about that. Just for sole proprietors, basically. The next yeah. one is a, a simple plan. Uh, what? How does that work, and how much can you contribute to that? Oh, actually, I want to add something else to, to okay. the, the step. Um, and, and one good thing is like it can stay unfunded until when you file a tax return. So if you have an extra, extraordinary year. And uh, you're going to pay a lot more taxes, so that so you want to maybe contribute a little bit more. So the SEP deadline is like basically your tax deadline plus extensions. Okay. I see. Okay. And um, <clears throat> simple, simple IRA. Yeah. 
yeah, okay, simple IRA is not really simple, but <laughs> we call it simple IRA. Uh, it's for a company less than 100 uh, employees, and it works somewhat like a 401k, but has lower salary deferral limits. Um, salary deferral limit is like $12,000 plus 3000 catch up, which is like people who are 50 and above. And the company match is 2%. Uh, this is a required company match. Like you have to give 2% um, to just everybody. That's one way. Or um, you only match for those people who contribute dollar for dollar up to the first 3% of your salary. Um, uh, good thing, the good thing the about that. Can you hear? I can hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, I hear a huge echo. The good thing about SEP and simple IRA is that you don't have to file tax uh, 5500 so no IRS tax returns are required. Okay, and then the next one would be the 401k. What are the maximums people contribute to that? Um, for, 401k, it's um, a lot more. Um, for like the salary deferral part, it's uh, like $18,000 and another $6,000 catch up. And uh, it's also subject to um, the maximum uh, defined contribution max uh, contribution, which is like fifty-two thousand, same as the SEP. But the good thing about four hundred one k is like a lot of features. You can have eligibility. You can determine your eligibility. Let's say um, you have to work for one year before you can join the plan, and uh, you can have vesting features. So even if you match, the people cannot get the money um, until like maybe you can set a vesting schedule of five five years. So it takes like five years before the money is fully vested. And you can have company loans, um, and uh, with the simple and the SEP, uh, none of that's like you, you don't you don't get vesting period, you don't get eligibility. Part time is also eligible, so that's not not quite the same. Very good. So you can actually, and then the last one is the defined benefit plan. That's the traditional one, pension plan. That's becoming less and less common these days. But what are the advantages of defined benefit plan? A defined benefit plan is like kind of popular among smaller business uh, smaller business owners. Um, uh, the reason is like most of the time when you have a small business, the company owner is probably the, the one of the oldest uh, employee and the rest of the people are much younger and the defined benefit plan basically it looks at how much you're going to get at the date of retirement. So working back as you're 50 years old, then you can put in a lot more versus somebody who's only 20, 20 years old. Um, and then of course that you have to contribute for for the rest of the staff, but there are a lot of discrimination and cross-testing rules. So, if you have a smart um, uh, actu actuary, somebody who can help you do a sophisticated plan design, uh, you can tier like eighty, even like eighty-five, ninety percent of the benefits to the to the business owner. So, I would say that if you're looking for lots of deductions over two hundred thousand dollars, you basically have to look for a defined benefit plan. So, it's a combination of all these things is probably the best, where you do some defined benefit. Some 401k, some SEP, and some simple. You can't do them all. Well, you can't, yeah, you can't. Well, if you do simple, you can't do like a 401k. It's either or. Yeah. You, if you do a 401k, then you normally you have a profit sharing and then you add on to like another defined benefit plan. We call it a combo, combo plan because you have defined contribution and defined benefit. Um, and that, you know, you can put, put, put in like over $200,000 a year. And that's really nice. Uh, but then there's one thing that you had to be kind of committed to this. Uh, you had to, you can't just like turn on and off. Um, you have to have at least like a three-year commitment. Yes. So, so you have to be pretty uh, secure in your income to uh, do something yeah, like that. Yeah, not too volatile because I don't care how much. Maybe you're not making a lot of money this year, but then you still have, you're obligated to contribute. Okay, very good. So a lot of people you're saying are not really taking full advantage of all the different qualified retirement plans out there. Well, I guess, like, you know, they think it's very expensive if they don't know how it works. But, you know, if you show them the numbers and see how much tax savings they'll benefit, or, like, if you get the sophisticated planner, how much more saving, instead of, like, giving to the employees, you can tailor, like, 80%, 90% to yourself, then they realize, like, oh, my God, it's a great deal. Um, you just have to meet the right people and get the right plan design. Yes. All right, the next area that you like to discuss is valuation discounts. Uh, and particularly this relates to family limited partnerships and family limited liability companies, LLCs. What is the advantage of doing uh, those kind of partnerships or LLCs? Well, I, I don't know. Is, is um, Jerry there? I think he'd be a I good am. One. Can you hear me? Ah, Jerry is with us now. <laughs> yeah. I think he should answer that question. <laughs> uh, I think uh, the, the benefits of uh, family limited partnerships or family uh, limited liability companies are or multiple. It's it's the ability 
to uh, you know for the taxpayer to create an any an entity retain the management control over the entity while giving away uh, let's say non-voting interests uh, because the the limited partnership or the LLC is a a privately held company as opposed to a publicly held company. There are certain discounts for lack of marketability, meaning there isn't a ready market, a stock market to to liquidate uh, holding in a stock. And then, uh, so there's typically a valuation discount depending upon the size of the company, the industry, a lot of factors. You know, generally in the 25% to 33% range. Uh, and then the, the lack of control is exactly what it says. It's a, a discount for tax valuation purposes, estate or gift tax, uh, related to the, the limited partner's uh, lack of uh, you know, voting control in the underlying entity. So typically, those two discounts together, you know, again, depending on a lot of factors, could be uh, as low as 20% or as high as, as 50%. Uh, again, uh, the thing that, uh, that tends to, uh, to drive the, the amount of this discounts, you know, would be the lack of liquidity and, and the lack of voting control. Okay. So, that, so that's you know, on the valuation discount side. That's, that's what I have to say. So what is the reason somebody wants, is it to avoid estate taxes, Jerry? What is the reason people want to do that? Yeah, traditionally the use of family limited partnerships, limited liability companies was, uh, was estate and gift tax oriented. Again, you know, back before 2012 when, uh, when the estate and gift tax affected uh, a lot more taxpayers. Uh, so the idea was, you know, the patriarch, matriarch could retain the management and control of the underlying family assets, you know, investment assets, real estate, and give away interests in the underlying entity that held these family assets uh, using a, a tax valuation discount. So let's just say if the underlying assets are worth a dollar, right, uh, you know, and typically using either the lifetime exemptions or annual uh uh, annual gift tax uh, exemptions, making split split gifts, they could give away a lot more from an estate and gift tax purpose of the underlying value of the family, right? Reducing the value of the of the future estate for estate taxes without relinquishing the uh, the asset, you know, without releasing the control and management of the underlying entity. Very good. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guests this hour are Bonnie Yam. She's at Pension Maxima Investment Advisory. And Jerry Nowotny, uh, who is a tax attorney. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. 
Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guests this hour are Bonnie Yam. She's the president at Pension Maxima Investment Advisory. And Gerald Nowotny, who is with the law office of Gerald Nowotny. Welcome back to both of you. So, so, Jerry, let's talk with you a little bit. There's something called the Charitable LLC. Maybe kind of describe briefly how that works and when that's appropriate for somebody to set up to legitimately yeah. avoid taxes. Yeah, so just uh, to just establish one point, Charitable LLC is not any different than the Family Limited Partnership or the Family Limited Liability Company. Yeah, Charitable LLC is really more of a, a marketing uh, acronym for uh, a particular use of the family LLC or family limited partnership. So basically what we're doing here is we're using, uh, we're using the benefits of the family limited partnership, which just to summarize retention and management and control, uh, asset protection, uh, the ability to, to make a transfer at a discount. Uh, So in this case with the, the charitable focus it can have both income tax as well as estate and gift tax benefits. So let's say we create a, a family LLC. I'm the taxpayer, so I'm the managing member of the LLC. I put $100 in the LLC. I create a donor advised fund, which is a, a for lack of a better description, a form of a public foundation administered by a, a 501c3 uh uh, tax-exempt organization, okay? So in this case, I'm going to give uh, a substantial, I can determine how much, but let's say up to 99% of a limited partnership or LLC interest, as was the case in my example, non-voting to the donor advised fund, the Gerald R. Nowotny Family Foundation, okay? So, yeah. ba- so basically, when I make the transfer of the LLC interest to the donor advised fund this year, I'm going to get an income tax deduction. And because it's March, so it's less than a year, it's uh, that type of transfer is a donation of short-term capital gain property, which then basically has a rule that the deduction is equal to the amount of basis in, in the LLC interest. So I contributed cash the underlying $100 book value, if you will, of the LLC. Uh, I give away a 99% interest. The LLC interest has uh, doesn't have any voting rights associated with. So Bonnie, when she does evaluation, is going to take an appropriate uh, uh, discount for lack of marketability and lack of control. And let's just say, for our example, that's a 25% discount. So... For income tax purposes in 2015, uh, the underlying value was 100, valuation discount of 25. So I have eighth grade math skills, so we're, we're going to pretend that 99 is 100 for, for purposes of the example. Okay. So for on my income tax, on a 1040 Schedule A, it's a charitable contribution. I'm going to be able to take a, an income tax deduction of $75, okay? And the... The, the value of that deduction, because it was a donation, in, in my example, of short-term capital gain property, I held the LLC interest less than a year before I donated, donated it to my donor-advised fund. So uh, I'm going to be able to take a deduction up to of that $75 up to 50% of my adjusted gross income, or AGI. Okay? Clear as much? We're running out of time here. So who is this? You need a good amount of money to make this work. What would be the minimum amount that you have to contribute you know, to the charity I would to say, make this you know, there isn't a There isn't a magical number. You know, certainly there uh, uh, <laughs> full disclosure, attorney's fees. The cost to actually sell up the, to set up the LLC is, uh, is not a lot. And then you have valuation fees because the gift 
from the taxpayer, me in this example, to the donor advised fund, if it's worth more than $5,000, is going to require an additional form submitted with the 1040, which is form 8283, which is going to require uh, independent valuation specialist signature, uh, authenticating the, the valuation, and also someone from the charity. So, I mean, getting back to your answer, I, I would say, I would say probably you w would want to say probably f a minimum of fifty to hundred thousand dollars of value in the underlying uh, in the underlying LLC, and uh, this is something too that you could reload each year. Meaning, I had a tax problem this year, so I, I implemented this strategy. But in 2016, I'm going to have the same tax problem. I can make a contribution to the LLC in exchange for new LLC units, and then in 2016, contribute, you know, some or all of the LLC units to my donor advised fund. So, okay, this so is the benefit, kind of complicated. I, I want people to get a website for, to contact you if they want to find out further about this. What would be a website for you, Jerry? Uh, www.jerrynowatney.com. Very good. I'm going to move on to some other things. Another way to legally lower your taxes is Puerto Rico residency. Um, you're not renouncing the United States, but it does have tax benefits. Yeah. How does that work, Jerry? Yeah, so this is, uh, this is uh, not well known, but a special idea. Uh, basically, Puerto Rico is uh, enacted under Puerto Rican Legislature Act 22, which is for the Individual Investors Act, and then uh, Act 20, which is for Business Export Services Act. So Puerto Rico is saying that if you move from the mainland, mainland U.S. and you become a Puerto Rican resident, then basically uh, your long-term, short-term capital gain income is going to be tax-free. Uh, certain dividend income, if it's not U.S. source dividend income, would also be tax-free for Puerto Rican purposes. And uh, interest income would also be uh, tax-free. So uh, Puerto Rico, trying to revitalize your economy, has implemented this. If you have a business, uh, a services business, you can move it to Puerto Rico and um, that business would be taxed at 4% for Puerto Rican purposes, and unless the income is effectively connected to U.S. trader business, would not be subject to U.S. taxes. So they have a laundry list of different service businesses that qualify, but essentially, as a U.S. person moving to Puerto Rico, you become a Puerto Rican resident. Uh, you need to spend at least 183 days of the year in Puerto Rico, uh, you need Puerto Rico needs to be your tax home, and you need to have a closer connection to uh, to, to Puerto Rico than you than you do, you know, whatever do, state. Do you think from. it's worth it to do this to move move down there to save on the taxes? Yeah, I, I think if you make pretty decent money, and of course that's an individual thing. Uh, one, you know, some people move from up north and move to Florida. Uh, just personal taste, personal preference. Uh, I've lived in Puerto. I've been in Puerto Rico, and I've lived in Florida. Puerto Rico is prettier, so it has the it has the additional benefit tax wise. So Florida doesn't have state income tax, but you're still subject to federal taxes. So if you're going to spend you know the warm the cold weather months in a warm weather place, why not Puerto Rico? It uh, the tax benefits are much stronger than uh, moving to a Texas or uh, even or though Puerto Rico Florida. itself is going bankrupt, basically, right? Yeah. No, that's exactly it. That's exactly the reason they're doing it is they're trying to re revitalize the economy by promoting investment. So I personally have had about eight eight clients move to Puerto Rico. I see. All right, so it works. We got some other things. We got about four minutes to go here. So there's something called the pooled income fund, the PIF. Bonnie, do you want to get in on this one? Uh, Actually, uh, no. We just skip over it because I think these are more for sophisticated uh, uh, planners. Should I talk a little bit about? Um, uh, interesting stuff like uh, fringe benefits. Um, okay, we got there's, there's an awful lot of fringe benefits one can get to. Um, and, well, about medical thing, expense reimbursement plans, MERPs. Let's talk about that briefly. Oh yeah, yes. that's a good How does one. That work? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Jerry. Want, yeah, so I think the point, what are you talk about Jerry. Like, yeah, so idea. I think the, yeah the point on the medical expense reimbursement plan is that the majority of, of high income people are unable unable to uh, to deduct unreimbursed medical expenses on their Schedule A because as a percentage of adjusted gross income with 10% being the threshold, you know, high-income people just make too much money to, to meet that threshold so that if, whether you had a business or not, 
If you had a business, you would have the ability in your business to set up uh, medical expense reimbursement plans so that the business could reimburse those expenses for the for the for the business owner employee, uh, deduct those expenses at the business level, have those expense reimbursements not be subject to uh, social security withholding or self-employment tax withholding, and those reimbursements would not be taxable income to the employee. So this is a way for people who otherwise can't deduct unreimbursed medical expenses to deduct those expenses. If you don't have a business, the point here is you could create a business. If you work for the man, you could still create a family investment um, company that's a legitimate business for federal and state law purposes, uh, install uh, a medical expense reimbursement uh, plan, among other things, and use that vehicle as a mechanism to be able to deduct those Re, uh, unreimbursed medical expenses. But you have to have a lot of medical expenses to make this worthwhile. So it, this is not up to the seven and a half percent of adjusted gross normal threshold, though, right? Yeah. So I would say, uh, for example, you know, have a, a, a client, you know, that's high income, that uh, you know has fairly substantial out-of-pocket unreimbursed medical expenses related to a child with autism. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically in his case, he's got a company with a lot of employees, you know, so we were able to structure, uh, considering the employee benefit rules, the control group and affiliated service group rules that apply to pension plans also apply to this, but we were able to, to structure a plan where he's going to be able to independently on his own install a medical expense reimbursement plan and, you know, deduct, you know, well in excess of $50,000 a year of unreimbursed medical expenses. Because you know it's not going to get covered, something with like autism like that, yes. Yeah. We, we have to uh, close, unfortunately. Uh, Bonnie, tell people how they can uh, reach you with uh, what you're doing with Pension Maxima. Well, they can reach me at uh, www.pensionmaxima.com. That's my website. Or you can just email me, uh, info at... Uh, PensionMaxima.com, P-E-N-S-I-O-N-M-A-X-I-M-A.com. Can I share one last trick? It's just kind of pretty interesting. Okay, we have about 30 seconds to go. Okay, it's like non- con- non-deductible IRA. Like people who have a very high income and uh, want to contro- uh, co- contribute to Roth, what they can do is like do a non-deductible IRA and then they wait ne- one year, next year, and convert over to Roth. So there Good you idea. go. And I want to get Jerry's uh, website on one last time. If people want to contact you, there's a lot of great ideas here, Jerry. How can people contact yeah, you? Yeah, so it's, uh, of course, www.gerrynowot, as in tango, ny.com. Very good. Well, we've covered a lot of ground in this hour. Thank you both to Bonnie and Jerry. Uh, we gave a lot of ideas on how to save on taxes and all kinds of sophisticated ideas. So we appreciate you being on the show. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.